Jesse Douglas Smith McGraw, and this is What Moves You with Jesse. I'm a transformative coach on a mission to share an understanding of how our minds work that challenges how we react to life and our thoughts. I love to share stories and common sense ideas that empower you to take charge of yourself in a way that brings immediate and profound change. What I know to be true is that we are all innately healthy and doing our best with the thinking we have available to us on a moment-to-moment basis. And waking up to this will change what moves you. I'm so happy you're here. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to What Moves You with Jesse. Today, we have a very important person in my life, and I know it is not a unique experience for myself. (laughs) I know she's a very important person for many people, but today we have my mentor, Barb Patterson. Welcome, Barb. Thank you. Thank you. It's Amazing to be here and to be with you always, Jesse. Oh, thank you so much, Barb. Before we jump in, I would love to share with everybody listening um, that the reason I, well, I have wanted to have you on my podcast since before you officially became my mentor. And um, the I just want to say a few different things. The clarity and the authenticity and the vulnerability that you share your experiences of life allow for others, including myself, which is why I was touched and knew I wanted to have you in my life for many years before I actually made that happen, um, allows for, has allowed for me and I'm sure many others to really feel okay and safe in honoring my own unique path. And I am so incredibly grateful. Everybody everybody listening to the podcast is very used to me getting teary-eyed, but I am so incredibly grateful. And I am so grateful that I have you to share with everybody who listens to this podcast, um, because for sure, I know they will be touched by the things that you will share and the pet and uh, the little adventure you're going to take us on here and sharing what's present for you today. And um, just thank you so much again. Thank you. Thank you. What a amazing connected way to begin heart to heart. And um, I just love the space you create. So thank you. Thanks, Barb. Thank you. So to get us started, I would love for you to share. Can you share with everybody just a little bit about you? So um, I know that I kind of prepped you and sharing. There's a few different points that I want. I'm going to kind of ask you to share about with everyone because I know it will be very inspiring. But um, give us actually a little bit of context first about how did you end up in the world of helping others. And if that includes a little bit of who you were as a little person, go ahead and share it. But I would just give a little bit of context of how did you end up being in the world of helping others? Let's start there. 
Yeah, we're just gonna, we'll start with the big question. First. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you the way you are? Um, you know, I, <laughs> I actually love that question. And, you know, I come from a big family. I have six brothers and sisters, and I, we were raised by my mother on her own. And so my family and my mother are very formative to who I am and how I show up. And um, like maybe most families, it doesn't, we were not um, the Brady Bunch or, you know, I can't even think of the references now or the Partridge family. We were, you know, a little bit of, um, uh, you know, little craziness, um, a lot of chaos, Um a lot of uncertainty, a lot of young kids having to kind of parent themselves and, you know, figure things out along the way. And while that definitely shaped and informed things, um, the positive side of that has been, you know, my mom made family first. She, you know, was a very strong woman. So I've had an amazing model for that in my life. Um but yeah, ever since I was young, I have sincerely been interested in people and why we are the way we are and how we change and how we transform. And I've, you know, been a dreamer, you know, like I've always been one of those kids that dreamt about big acts and big things and, you know, and I don't know why, right. I don't know ultimately why that is, but my mom also in her um, <laughs> desire to try and, you know, rally the troops at times. I remember her kind of looking into psychology and reading certain books. And she always tells the story that, you know, she would try some new t technique she'd read in a book. And one of us would say, mom, stop reading that book. <laughs> It's not working, right? But I think that that desire of being open to new things and to learning probably came from her even more than I realized as a young person. And I remember her taking me to a Leo Buscalia. Do you even know who that is, Jesse? Oh, actually. Okay, your mom will know. Yeah. And, um, yeah. <laughs> Um, but I think he's kind of considered like the grandfather of self-help in some ways. And he wrote books about love. And um, I think the family order comes from him. But anyway, she took me to uh, a talk he gave. And I remember sitting in the audience and he was storytelling and um, being funny, but in the midst of it, speaking to human issues, right? And really heartfelt things. And so it was moving and it was funny and it was educational. And on the drive home, and, and I talked to my mom, I think I was maybe 12, 13, 10, somewhere in there. I said to her on the drive home, that's what I want to do when I grow up. I want to touch people like that and make a difference. Now, I'm going to tell you that, and it's going to sound like at 10 years old, I knew my path. <laughs> no. <laughs> I think in hindsight, it's amazing to see like, well, hmm, maybe that was a clue, right? It's pretty obvious clue at this point in my life. But I, you know, 
like maybe a lot of your listeners was one of those people that had my own journey to go through around confidence and not feeling like quite, you know, what I knew what I wanted to do. I spent many, many years trying to figure out my purpose. I had this idea that if I could figure out my purpose, life would be amazing. And by the way, my purpose was big. It wasn't anything small. It was big and it was special. And if I could just figure it out, everything would work out. I'd be married. I'd have money. I'd, you know, be thin. It was like, you know, this was important, right? So, <laughs> so uh, that created a lot of angst for me for many, many years. Um, I uh, really did. I, you know, did really struggle to find what it was. But even in the midst of me feeling like I'm not on track, what's fascinating to see is how on track I ultimately really was, like sincerely, like every crooked path, everything that felt like a step back, everything that felt like, what the, how the hell did I land here? All of those have evolved me in a way that I'm incredibly grateful for and have evolved the woman I am, the teacher I am, the coach, the consultant, the human, you know, the still the learner, right? Still, still growing, evolving woman I am today. And I, you know, I started in personal development in my 20s. That led to um working inside corporate and starting to work in OD and leadership development and executive development. And, um, you know, so I've always, that path has taken me in so many different directions, but ultimately there is the thread and the thread has always been, how do we bring our best self to who we are? How do we know who we are? Do we know who we are? How do we experience more of our true self and where does fulfillment and come from and happiness and creativity, like all of that. It has been, I have been learning that. Um, and then for whatever reason, and maybe like most people, I've just been one of those people as I learn, I, I can't help, but kind of share what I'm seeing. And I appreciate what you said at the beginning about sharing my own path because, and I'll say this in case it's helpful to anyone. There have been many times where I've thought, does anybody really want to hear that? You know, and, um, and yet knowing that it has been through the witnessing of other people in my life and their willingness to share the ups and the downs and the vulnerable and the real and the triumphant that has had the most impact for me. So yeah, that was a really long answer. <laughs> your question. Literally what I was looking for. You gave it all. Thank you. That is so perfect. So in this exploration of fulfillment and who you are, is was that question the thing that started to lead you to a, a a deeper understanding that that led you to 
the three principles, the work that you and I both do to share with and help others, or, you know, it's actually a part of your timeline. I'm a little bit foggy on myself. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it was a big insight that moved you into this, into this world, or because at some point there you were working for all the companies and you took a big leap to work for yourself and you were living in another country. Spoiler yeah. alert, she is again now. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. We've learned more about it in a moment. But you know, it was such a big move and big shift for you to go from being I just got five more questions that came up in my <laughs> very excited. But it, you know, from being really in this um more of a corporate setting and uh, you know, for you to take the leap into working for yourself was massive in and of itself. So to bring all of that together, what brought you to this specific work that we both share now, mm-hmm. um, this inside out understanding? And is that, was that kind of woven in with you taking the leap to run your own business or which came first? Share a yeah. little bit of that part of your life. Yeah. Well, I'll say that this business, which I've had now for 12 years, was my third attempt to start my own business. And I think that's helpful to know because it can sound like, you know, roses. And again, I like to be more real. (laughs) Um, Real. And so I started in my 20s. I got an idea to start my own coaching business and kind of doing consulting work because I had been doing a lot of personal development teaching for a company. And um, that went okay. I was really young, um, but I remember being in a um, room with, I think there were about six, eight men in that room. I was in my 20s. They were so old, 40, 50, I think, <laughs> which is what I am now. And I um, and I remember thinking, just having an insight in that moment that while it was going well, um, I saw my lack of life experience in that moment. And I just, I left that going, I need to be in the world more. I need to like get inside companies more if this is who I'm working with. I need to, I just need to change. And then also just to say like, it wasn't as if my business was like taking off, right? You know, everything was struggle a little bit. And so um, so I went and started doing working in sales, but I was still teaching on the side, still doing these group um, which were focused on psychology and how to, you know, look at your early childhood recollections and how they shape who you are. So I was still kind of in that path, but then started to work inside companies and do more. And that ended up being amazing. But then in my 30s, I was working at a company and I moved to another city with it and um, they were bought and the new company brought me with them. And then it just wasn't a fit at some point after about a year and a half. So I went back out on my own. I was naive, which again was in a way has a plus because we're just willing to try things and do things, but I had no cushion. Um, And 
you know, I got this really great client and I worked with them for a year, but then when the new board came in, they quit all their training. And I was like, oh, should I have been had a pipeline of this? Oh, oh, I should have been thinking about other customers. Oh, you know, like my naiveness, it'll all work out. You know, like in a way I, I still kind of believe, but um, things got really hard, really, really challenging. And I, and I just want to say like financially, it was um, a really rough time. And um, I moved back home. I uh, sold my car, like it became a thing. And I share that because I, it took a hit, like I took a hit and I had a lot of shame about that. And um, when I needed to go get some kind of job, right? I really resisted it for a long time because I thought I'm giving up on my dream. I'm giving up on my dream and I got to stick with it. And I got to, and that created more internal turmoil and angst. And then finally it was like, oh, you got to, you know, pay the bills. And so I went and got a job at a furniture company selling furniture. And now it was a cool furniture shop. I really liked it, you know. Um, but I will say that that did something for me, like not having the inner pressure of, you know, the girl who's not doing her dream and can't make money and failing and all that loosened things up. And then, as life does, I'm going on some special. Uh, quest. I'm doing this quest and I fly to California and I'm in a car with somebody I've never met. We're driving up to the thing together and he's telling me about his company and he's got like, he's saying all these really wonderful things about it. And I jokingly say, don't you think you need to hire me? You know, and he just laughs. And so, you know, we're like talking and we go on our quest and, you know, the end of it, I get a call about three weeks later and he said, you're not going to believe this but I need a consultant on this thing, this project. So I took that. And then within a very short time, they offered me a role to start an OD function that led to an executive position. And that was the job right before. And I was there for eight years and it was amazing. I never thought I'd be back in corporate, but I was. And I was the head of a global function and I was able to contribute and they developed me. And as you said, they moved me to Paris. I was happy and making good money. And I just want to say, though, then after about eight years, something in me started to say, it's time. It's time. Something in me was saying, um, yeah, you know, I think the real I started to get those nudges. And at first I thought it was a different job, but then I started to just hear like, no, it's time to go back on your own again. And by the way, that was kind of a scary thought because it didn't work two other times. Right. But that started to get louder and louder. And I started to listen to it rather than just brush over it. And at some point I just knew I knew it was time or I knew I was going to do that. And I want to share a couple other quick things, but I got the hint that a change was coming, but it was about another year plus until that changed happened. 
And I share that again, because just because we get a hint of the future, there's the natural pace of life and things. And that often we have the pace of our mind, which wants to figure it all out instantly, which want it's all to change instantly. But the truth was the more I allowed myself to just drop into the natural timing, there were things that were being laid out for me that eventually were all in service to this leap I was going to make. And then when it was time to quit my job or, or in the process of knowing I was going to quit my job, I wanted to hire a coach because I thought this time I'm going to get a coach and it's gonna, this coach is going to help me be smarter and more strategic and figure out my strategy and not be so naive, right? And so in the pursuit of that, I ran across Michael Neal. And um, Michael Neal is somebody that he knows the coaching world and he, you know, um, is a Hay House author. And so I, that's about all I knew about him, but I followed my nose again, followed the deeper wisdom, really resonated and hired him. And then the plan was that I would work with him a couple months, I'd quit. And then I'd work with him for a year and I'd have about nine months with him while I was doing my own business. But again, I'm sharing that when I quit, they asked me to stay longer and they made it worth my while. And so um, Michael at that time, you know, I was like, well, I'm going to quit. I'm going to put you on hold. And, you know, he said something really helpful. He said, well, we can do that. But you could also look at this time while you're earning money to be developing yourself and increasing your confidence and your readiness. You're going to still give your work and your time and your energy to your job, but you can be on a personal level and a developmental level, be getting ready for this change rather than having you know to do it all at once. And so... The change and the readiness to make it in a way was already there. What he was really speaking to was just what it means to be a business owner kind of stuff. And I, I want to say that that leap was big when you look at it, like I'm giving up a great job, good money, very good money, um, security, all of that. But because I listened the knowing was so clear to me that it eventually came to a place in me where there was no other option. And a lot of people talked about how brave I was, but I have to tell you, it didn't require bravery because that knowing was just so clear. Now, I've needed bravery since then, but I'm just saying it was the knowing that it was time and then following, you know, and listening that gave me the courage to do it. Wow. You know what I find really amazing? Well, lots of things, two things though, that are standing out that I want to say. Number one, I love that in your twenties, and by the way, you coaching and helping people in group and what, and all of that, that you were doing, um, that was really ahead of your time because coaching was not like forefront, you know, and center. Yeah. That's amazing. Had that, had that occurred to you? Cause you had, you hadn't done the traditional kind of therapist path. No, no. With self-development. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's interesting. Can you share a little bit about that? Yeah. You know, it's funny. It wasn't until like, I think uh, somebody could, 
double check this if they're that interested, but I think it wasn't until like 97 or 98 that the actual term coach came along. But yes, I had been working one-on-one. Now, when I heard that terminology and saw an interview by Thomas Leonard, who was one of the first kind of originators of that, I'm like, ah, okay, that's what I'm doing. And then I did some additional training in that. And, and while I was working inside of a company and at different points when I was on my own. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Also, I have absolutely experienced that feeling before when um, you get the instinct. It's such an interesting thing when there's parts of yourself where you do feel really ready for something. And then once you're in it, it's like your drive and stick to and energy in that direction actually gets the opportunity to arrive. And then your wisdom while you're in it does go. I've absolutely experienced that does go. Oh, shoot. You might need actually a little time to pass here. And <laughs> I, I've, I have felt that before. And uh, I, I was just curious for, for you to share a little bit about what that was like for you, if you could kind of zoom in on that a little bit, because I yeah. know for me, it was a little, a uh, little discouraging only because it's like, you know, when you hear something from deep down, you know that it's true. And when, just like you said, you know, when your mind has such a plan and Mm -hmm. that will actually, your, you know, your wisdom's, um, you know, that quiet voice really gives stall to that. Yeah. 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 Well, it's the experience inside of yourself at that time. Oh, absolutely. And I just want to say, I'm sharing it now with more information and more understanding about the mind. And I'll just say it wasn't until I started working with Michael. So I had already decided to leave that he introduced me to this understanding of our minds and that we also, in addition to that, we have within us this deeper nature and we'll talk more about it. I know you've shared that with your guest. So, but when I, This understanding was radical for me because, as you just said, I came from 25 years of working with people in groups, one-on-one, in business, in personal life, across the board. I've traveled around the world. I'd been lucky enough to learn from and work with great thought leaders in a variety of different things, and I've been a student, you know, like just a lifelong learner, and I've put myself in almost every imaginable situation, you know, from, you know, different kinds of experiences. So I had a lot in my mind and in my toolkit. And what it looked like was to help people, you know, to get from A to B. I did it from a holistic point, but it looked very complex. It looked like I got to deal with their past. I got to help them deal with their subconscious issues. We got to deal with personality, behavior modification, and, you know, all of that. Now, I was into it. I always say I was very optimistic. I loved it. You know, like I was into it, but it was a lot of work. And yet, when we started to look in the direction of there's this variable that is a hidden variable. And when we don't know about it, or understand it, we 
We can't leverage it. But when we start to understand that our mind, our inner climate is shaping our moment to moment capacities for insight, our capacity for listening, our capacity for creativity, our capacity to problem solve, to connect, like moment to moment, what's happening inside of us, our internal state, our inner climate is shaping whatever we're up to in that moment. And that inner, that state of mind, that inner climate is having way more influence than we're aware of. And that was the missing piece of the puzzle for me, because it used to look like, why is change easy one place and hard somewhere else? And usually it was hard where I wanted it the most, right? And then if I was trying to change and it wasn't happening, I was pulling out the past. I was pulling out personality, behavior, discipline. You're not committed. What is it? And then when I worked with entrepreneurs or leaders, you know, God love them. I was doing the same for them. You know, is it their commitment? Is it their discipline? Is it, do they have a hidden issue? Have they not healed the past? Like we were on it. And now all those things can be valuable. I just, I want to make sure people, they, they can be yet if we don't also understand that our thinking is shaping our experience, that our level of consciousness in any moment, our level of reactivity versus free and open is having an effect on our ability to think and to create and to listen. If we don't understand that, then, then we can't help ourselves. So you know, just to use a quick example, a leader can have a sincere desire to want to be a better communicator or a husband or a wife. And so they listen. They're like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to listen. I'm going to repeat. I'm going to take them in. I'm not going to interrupt, you know, all those things. Right. But all that training goes out the window. If you show up to a conversation, agitated, distracted, um, frustrated, any of those things, all that training goes, all the good intentions go out the window because our inner climate is influencing us and our ability to think straight, <laughs> to see clearly, you know, to be wiser. So anyway, I say that to say that that's all insight I have now, right? That's all understanding I have now. At the time that I was leaving the job, when I was impatient, which is something I can still get, right? Can be my Achilles heel. I just looked like I, I kept thinking, I just created more upset for myself, you know, like when now, now I spent a lot of time in my head. I spent a lot of time thinking my real happiness was going to be when I finally did this, you know, like I had all this, these ideas. And it was actually a good friend who's not a teacher, doesn't do any of this, who said to me, you are robbing yourself of presence and pleasure. You're in Paris. You are, you have a few months left. I think it would really serve you if you just got present and just enjoyed this and just let the time and let the things you know, play out. And it was her that kind of helped me. Now, to your question, though, of what that that 
discomfort. You know, it wasn't that long ago that I was kind of in that again, where I knew it was time to make a change to where I was living. But, and I was ready. I felt like, you know, like you're saying, and yet nothing was coming to me. No opportunities, nothing was easy. It wasn't really happening. So I would fight with feeling dissatisfied. I would fight with feeling frustrated. I would fight with feeling like, you know, the the compelling nature to figure it out. Yet here's what I understand now, right? That I didn't understand them. That there is the pace of my mind and there's the pace of life. And they are not often the same. And that anytime I put something between me and happiness, me and fulfillment, me and love, me and connection, me and peace of mind, I know I'm in a misunderstanding, that I'm in an illusion of thought because happiness, fulfillment, well-being is an inside and we carry it with us, part of that deeper nature that we all live in, this reservoir, this innate, we're born with it, we're hardwired with it, we all have within us. And if we look, we feel it and see it. That place that regardless of circumstances, we know we're okay. That place that reminds us like the stillness and the calm, I mean, in the storm, right? That place that helps us rise to the occasion and see, because I know that's there beyond the noise of my mind and the pace of my mind and my impatience and the misunderstanding that I'll be happier when, right? Mm -hmm. Like to just see all that for just crazy thinking, all human that we do, right? Our humanness, but to know, oh, wait, I'm in a reactive internal state. I'm buying my thinking right now. I'm respecting something that is just thought-based and not truth. That allows me and helps me fall back into the knowing that, oh, what would happen if I allowed the natural momentum to be the guide versus my mind? And often, more often than not, people will say it all the time. Oh, I'm so glad it worked out the way it did. Oh, I can see why it took the time it took. Oh, my gosh, I didn't know this piece. Like we see it in hindsight. So all you and I are talking about is how to bring that into real time. Exactly. And I'll never, you know, one of the biggest things that when I, I took you on, not you taking <laughs> me on, but I took you on, one of the biggest things for, that was huge. And I'll share this because I think a lot of people fuss with it is the idea around finances and money. And I will be okay when, yeah. and I will never forget. It was one of the first conversations that we had when you said, Jesse, I've heard you say it a few times. So I want to talk a bit more about that. And, um, you know, you were so helpful in helping me go, you know, I mean, you very specifically told a story for you from your own life when you said, and maybe I'll just have you share it, but it was, if you allow yourself to slow down you will realize that maybe your preferences aren't met, but your needs are covered. Mm. I re- I'll never forget it. And mm-hmm. you, it was a story you were sharing when you were moving from uh, Laconer and you were kind of 
feeling that anticipation of how is this going to work out? Cause you were going to move and all of these different things. Do you kind of remember that little nugget of a story that you shared? It was, yeah, I think so. I don't know if it was the exact point. So you could interrupt and tell it with me, but yeah, I knew that I was not going to be in Laconor permanently. And there was a period of time where, where I was going to move was on my mind all the time, as well as how I was going to tell the people that, you know, where I was living, that I was leaving. And I knew they weren't going to be thrilled about it. And, um, and so I was, I would go on this like four mile walk every day. And I realized literally, I'm not, I think for two weeks during that walk, my mind was filled with where am I going to live and how am I going to tell them and how are they going to take it and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And, and then um, I went to London to a conference and was speaking, but also around people and, you know, like just took it completely off my mind and was enjoying where I was at. And, you know, just so I, in a, not being weighted down by all my thinking, not mulling that over and ruminating and trying to figure it out, right? My mind, which all our minds do, just naturally popped and opened up and I was lighter and things were easier. And I went back and I realized, I'm like, why am I even thinking about this? Like, first of all, I'm living in a really beautiful place I get to look at the water every single day. I'm worrying about how I'm going to pay for rent. I don't have to pay for rent right now. Why am I worried about it right now? You know, I was I was thinking my business isn't strong enough. I won't be able to, this isn't a business. And then I was like, uh, you're covered. Like right now, you're covered. And I just saw in my angsting and ruminating and trying to problem solve for the future, I was missing how covered I was. I was so covered. I didn't need more money right then. I wasn't having to figure out how I was going to pay $3,000 more every, you know, it was like I got, I, when I got in real time and in a lighter and, and saw how much I'd been ruminating and how clouded it was making me it was then I was like, oh, I'm, I'm covered. I'm covered. Huge. Because I spent so much time, even in this understanding, and I think that's probably what brought me to the brink. And I've shared this with, you know, the pod squad before around, you know, how I had had my insight that was kind of a natural thing that brought me to this understanding. And my kind of OG mentor without her even realizing it. Cause we'd only had a few face-to-face conversations. Elsie Spittle had love her, love her. Right. <laughs> shout, out, shout out to Elsie. Love you, Elsie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but she had shared with me, you know, keep being mentored by the bigger mind, right? That universal intelligence, that deeper intelligence, the wisdom that comes through us because she loved how I had been brought to this understanding that way. But what was amazing is, and I'm sure she'd have a giggle if I shared that was, I haven't had the chance to actually speak with her in the last year since I spoke with you, but 
you know, it wasn't until I realized that I had then started to make it a thing that I needed to make my way in my career, in my business by myself, because I was so determined to stay, stay um, wedded to that um, homework of, you know, I, it was a mission I was willing to take on. Yes, I will continue, you know, um, until I, I realized that your name had been coming through that quiet whisper for several years. And again, all in all in time, you know, I think that me not moving on it um, until I did last year in hindsight felt feels really right. So it feels kind of, um, I don't know. I don't want, you know, it's almost like you, the wisdom was there. So I absolutely could have followed that nudge at a sooner time, but again, it still made sense when it did. But, um, anyhow, just kind of talking about how the biggest thing for me that I had been fighting up against and didn't even realize it for that first five years of running my business. Um, I was still, I was constantly, I had a constant tape going around, how's this going to work? What do I do next? Da, 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 da. And I never, I absolutely had moments of appreciation, moments of going, oh my God, we just went on vacation and I paid for it with my own business, right? Things like that, where I just plopped into the present moment and really appreciated, had deep gratitude for what was happening. But I had a low hum of forward thinking all the time. And I that was so big in working with you and realizing how that, it's like I knew at some level it was taking me out of the present moment. And I think that was actually part of why it finally was, you know, as Maya Angelou says, I, and I've said it a million times on here, God speaks in whispers until she slaps you across the face. <laughs> And by the time I called you, it was like I was getting pummeled in my eye sockets, you know, (laughs) (laughs) because I knew at some level, Jess, there is a lot of thought here that is still making you very stressed that likely isn't necessary, but it still looked really necessary for Mm -hmm. me to have. And have that be the fuel in my tank in order for me to be quote unquote successful and get me to the next level. And kind of in, and I'd love for you to share this metaphor with everyone, but it was the sailboat. I was being the wind in the sails. So share that metaphor because I just, yeah, that one of yours. Yeah. You know, I was, I was in a conversation with Aaron Turner, who some people may or may not know, but he's uh, in this field, he's a teacher. And it was again, early in my kind of just left the company. I think it was within the first six months, seven months of starting my own business. And I was talking to him and I was like, you know, my mentors at that time, and Elsie has been a mentor for me as well. Um, kept pointing me to, I could slow down and I could, and it would serve me that I could slow down inside and it would increase the quality of my ideas. It would increase my impact with my clients. It would, um, 
impact my uh, fulfillment, my life. And it's like in the direction of slowing down more inside and respecting my thinking less, they were making a lot of promises. <laughs> and, and that was like, pretty, you know, I'm like, not sure I can believe you because in my mind, my success was because I thought things through. I pushed, I did a lot of effort. I worked hard, you know, but at the same time, something inside of me was saying, pay attention. There's something here. But in that conversation with Aaron, I was talking to him and I'm like, Aaron, isn't, isn't there something that we can do to increase the probability of insight, you know, cause right. I was like, I want insight because insights now the new thing that's going to get me what I want and help me be happy. Right. So then I was like looking for insight. I was working hard at insight and he laughed and I said, you know, can't we do something to increase the probability? And he just laughed and he said, well, that's just it, Barb. The probability already exists. And it was kind of one of those, huh, moments. I'm like, could you speak English, please? And um, and they kind of laughed, right? And he said, it's as if you're in a sailboat and you're on the back of the boat blowing the wind. Like, you know, you're blowing and blowing to get the sailboat moving. And he's saying, and he said, what if you just got in the boat and adjusted the sails? And let the wind carry you. And that was one of those feelingful moments of, oh, that's possible. But I knew as soon as he did the visual of me on the back of the boat, I was like nailed. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm like, yeah, that's me. And then, but I loved again something deep touched me in the idea that we could get in the boat and adjust the sails and let the wind carry us. And that wind is our deeper wisdom. It is the natural momentum of life. It's nature. It's being in relationship with that part of who we are. I knew a ton about my psychology I knew a ton about my thinking. I knew a ton about human behavior. I wasn't as intimate with this deeper nature part, this innate wisdom, this essential nature, this part of us that is nature. I didn't have a relationship with that in the same way. I had one with it because I've always been kind of interested in spiritual stuff, but it wasn't a relationship to that inside of me. And that's what that opened up. That's huge. And you know what just pinged inside of me when you said that is I felt very similar um, in the having an I having an appreciation for the spiritual nature of life um in my intellect. Like, oh, that's a yeah. nice idea. I love how I feel when I align myself with the idea that I am open and I'm into that. <laughs> But my actions and my internal experience, there was, it was very clear. I did not actually have a relationship with it. Yeah. And, you know, and, you know, we can cop that to the fact that I was raised with a lot of kind of stress around the idea of religion because of what it had, you know, my parents' experiences of that and how it was really not the nicest experience. 
but my parents were also very open always to you. There's just something up about life that, that is not just us bumping around and then moving on from this planet. There was something, you know, we were, it was always a very open discussion. What do other people believe? What does that look like? For my dad, God was in music. So, you know, it's like that, you know, it's like that feeling that we would get from listening to music, cranking up Tower of Power, which is a, you know, an old, <laughs> anyway, but um, anyway, I, I just really love what you just said. You know, it's an, it's an interesting thing when for me, what really you helped me to experience was a shift in my relationship to my mind in a deep way, because it's not to say that the, my thoughts around money and things like that don't show up, but I, I feel a deep sense of peace in the midst of all of that. Like it just, again, cause just my relationship has changed. So it's not about um, oh, now I'm free of any, un- you know, uncomfortable ideas that float through my head. But now I see through them in a different kind of way. And my relationship to that deeper place really, really um, just got stronger. And so what I'm hearing from you is, is you have basically shown me the way to experience what you did 10 steps ahead of me. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're already coming around the bend here, but I would love if you could give a little bit of a window into this last, most recent chapter of your life, because I feel like it kind of, you really were leaning into all of these ideas you have shared and we have talked about today. Um, And I love that you always share, there was a little bit of hairiness even for you, because you are still a human being, but you, anyway, so share this last bit, this last little chapter, which I think encompasses the last couple of years of you feeling like something. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, I'll just say briefly that um, the pandemic was for like for all of us and a transformative time for me and in some really beautiful and amazing and challenging ways and slowing down again, because as I've shared, that's been a little bit of a theme and knowing like, oh, I could slow down even more. I could slow down even more. So being grounded, literally, I've traveled, travel has been a big part of my job, my whole adult life. So not traveling for two years was very, very different for me. And initially, I loved it. And I got saw so much. After about the second year, I was like, okay, I'm a little tired of these seven rooms and this, you know. So I started feeling more and more restless. And it was a bit of a mix of, oh, I think a change is coming. But it was also, it would get tricky because again, it was easy to for my mind to get compelled by the idea of trying to solve that trying to solve it before it was time to solve. There was still more for me to do and learn and experience where I was. But I would catch the differences this time I would catch myself, right? But I would see that like, oh, wait, I'm I'm postponing happiness or fulfillment or joy. No, no, what can I work? How can I experience more of that now? Or all of a sudden it looked like a move was just going to you know, like you romanticize things, right? It might not be that things are bad where you are, but you romanticize that a move is going to come with, you know, every fantasy fulfilled. 
And so I would have to keep coming back and realize, okay, not yet. And in amidst that happening, my business was changing form as well. It adjusted really easy for COVID, which I'm so grateful for. But I started to feel like, oh, it was slowing down even more. I was getting wisdom to not produce as much, just kind of go with it. And that brought up more insecurity that was there. And again, because of an understanding of thought, I I knew enough to not buy it completely, but it doesn't mean I didn't have times of suffering at it, you know, with it. But a deeper question came through that, which was when I realized, what if this wants to, is opening me up to something, not just a move, but what if these, this fear is pointing to something deeper to be revealed? And I had an insight. I'm like, oh, what I'm really evolving in this moment is, can I trust myself? Can I trust life? And that was profound because I wasn't sure, but I knew I wanted to. And so that gave me a little bit more courage to ride the waves, to stay the course, to keep deepening that trust of that inner reservoir of the trusting life and its pace and all of it. And so as that started to happen and more and more, and I got more and more comfortable with not knowing and more and more comfortable with my impatience and all of that. I was able to show up with more presence to what was going on, but then still stay creative, still stay in the anticipation of what of possibility. Like I could have both, right? I didn't have to do one or the other. I could have both. And then as the way it happens is um, I got a call, like, you know, a friend called after January, sometime in January, and then through a series of conversations, an opportunity to base out of Scotland appeared. And within literally like six weeks, I packed, sold a bunch of stuff, packed up a house, put things in storage and moved to Scotland. So that's where I'm at right now. Yeah. And by the way, I just want to say with no clear plan, in a way, I feel like the only thing I've known is make this move and everything else is still very much an unknown. I still have clients, but I also can feel that in a way I'm kind of throwing all the hats up in the air and seeing where they land. And I can feel some new things wanting to be expressed through me. And I want to play with some different kind of formats and groups and all that's going to happen. But um, nothing is like crystal clear. There's no like set plan that came with all of this. Isn't that amazing? I'll, I will forever and ever, amen. Remember one of the times, one of the many conversations we had, um, you said, Jesse, it sounds to me like the moment is calling for you to deepen your capacity for presence. And it truly, it just, it felt so good to hear. And I thought, yes, it was like the penny dropped. And for being somebody who, you know, kind of similar to you cut from the same cloth of really enjoying moving at a fast pace and producing a lot and just the excitement of new things and new opportunities and all of that. Um, it was such a different feeling to be invited to that idea, 
right? Which is you've just beautifully illustrated it through your story of what would it be like to truly enjoy your life, be in this moment and even just enjoy, like you're saying, enjoy that sense of something is coming without feeling like you then have to get ahead of it and figure out what that, that nudge is, or what that little, that little tap on the window, you know, it's like, first it's the little raccoon finger tapping on the window. And then all of a sudden it starts to become a human fist going, okay, here it is, here it is, you know, but, um, it's what, again, thank you for sharing so honestly, because that is what is so helpful for people to go, oh, I could do that. I can actually be in the experience of anticipation and not have judgment around how I should be doing it differently or how I should be figuring it out. Or it's because of my morning routine that I still don't have this down. (laughs) 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 You know, I mean, God bless the morning routineers. It's a little inside joke for for me and Barb because she and I both, again, threw everything at the wall to see what would stick, including I need to have a better morning routine as a, you know, so (laughs) anyway, it is such a gift, truly a gift that you are handing everybody who is listening right now to go, oh, I can just be in my life and see where it takes me next. Yeah. And it's amazing because it's again one of those things where I'm sure we've all kind of heard it, seen it on a bumper sticker, but through the depth of this conversation and the 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 depth of feeling I can feel it with right now in this moment, it's so different. Yeah. It's so different. So thank you so much for sharing that. And I am so excited to see where it takes you. Yeah, me too. More to come. Yeah. Yeah. So being that you are going to have a bunch of different fun things that you will have on offer soon, where can people find you? (laughs) Yes. Uh, Still at barbarapatterson.com. Yeah. You know, there's, um, I have, I'll, and then on there, you can sign up for my newsletter, which, um, you know, used to be every week. And then disappeared for a while. And now I'm using it as an opportunity to just share what I see while I'm making this change and transition and writing when I feel the desire to write. So that's wonderful. So the occasional, you'll get an occasional little from Barb in your inbox. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But I will repeat it's Barbara Patterson.com. Yeah, because I know that we all, as we know to love, love you, we all start to just call you Barb. So yes, exactly. Yeah. The whole thing, barbarapatterson.com. Okay, Barb, we are at the final question that I ask everybody at the end of every interview. Answer it. However, uh, makes sense to you in this moment, please. It doesn't matter if it's spiritual, practical, emotional, doesn't matter. Barb, what? moves you? (laughs) Such a juicy question. You know, at this point, what moves me is less the conceptual and theory, theories of life and really experiencing life, like diving in 
going underwater, feeling it all, letting it all move through us. Ooh, <laughs> you answered it in such a juicy way. <laughs> well, ideas about life, but actually experiencing life. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Barb Patterson, thank you so much for your time and for all of your wisdom. Um, God, you know, I always have, I have, sometimes have a little at- antenna on for little uh, 30 second to a minute clips that I'll pull for when I want to promote the podcast. You have given me far too many options. <laughs> So thank you so much for that. <laughs> well, I love you dearly and I love your heart and your wisdom and how you show up to life and people and the work you're doing. And I'll hang with you anytime. Thank you so much, Barb. And I love you. Big, big, big love back. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for everybody listening. And um, we will see you next week. Thank you, Barb. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to What Moves You with Jesse. Let's stay connected. You can find more ideas and strategies on being human on my Instagram, at What Moves You with Jesse. Sign up for my newsletter or learn more about working with me at WhatMovesYouWithJesse.com. And please rate and review the show. And let us know what you think and what resonated. I read every single review. They mean so much to me. You can also call in on our hotline with your thoughts on what resonated there too. It is always live at 818-646-JESS. That's 818-646-JESS. What Moves You with Jesse is produced by Mike McGraw and Tinker City Music. Now, let's take a deep breath and give ourselves permission to live in this moment for what truly moves you.